Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today I'm going to be doing a podcast on Syracuse men's basketball. We're almost at the end of the week here, tournament week in college basketball, and three out of my four teams have been eliminated from any real hopes of March Madness contention. Hofstra, gone. Binghamton, gone. And Syracuse, the topic of today's podcast, gone. We, st- I mean, I still do have Penn State playing later tonight, 6.30 Eastern, in their first Big Ten tournament game. They have some high hopes of making the tournament. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But the purpose of this podcast is Syracuse. Now, Syracuse played yesterday against Wake Forest at noon. Odd timing, I don't like the timing of some of these games, but I understand they have a lot of games to get through in the day. Nonetheless, I watched it. And Syracuse started off very well. They dominated the majority of the first half until the last couple of minutes, where Wake Forest did make some nice uh, did make a nice run. They got back into the game, and they had a couple people that came up big for them. Of course, Appleby was... A big part of that, but he actually did not lead Wake Forest in scoring as would be expected. There was also other guys that came up with huge shots like Clintman and other guys as we'll get to as the game goes along. Okay, so at halftime, Syracuse clings to its narrow two-point lead. They go into the second half, and immediately Syracuse looks flat. They quickly lose that two-point advantage, and Wake Forest goes up by as many as 12 a point. Uh, Syracuse would battle back. Um, they fought very hard, I do have to say that, and commend them for the grit and the comeback that effort that they attempted to make. And they really used the second half of the second half to make a dent into the lead. And it went so far that Benny Williams, who was tremendous all game for Syracuse, he had an incredible game, 18 points, 11 rebounds. He hit a three to put us up 74-72 with just about a minute to go. And uh, right after that is where the true mayhem began to ensue. So, Wake Forest... Passing the ball around, they're trying to take as much time off the clock as possible because, I mean, they don't want to leave Syracuse with too much time. But they wind up having to settle for what I thought at the time of the shot, having nearly impossible odds of going through the hoop. But it did, and it didn't take some crazy deflection off the rim. It didn't go off the backboard. It was smooth, a nothing but net. 360 from Cam Hildreth. I mean, I don't want to say that, oh, that shouldn't have gone in, and if this circus shot didn't go in, Syracuse would have won the game, because that's not true. That is not true. Even if Cam Hildreth didn't make that shot, who knows what would have unfolded in the last 30 seconds. Nonetheless, he gets it to go. Huge shot, the shot of his life. Syracuse goes in transition and uses almost all of the shot clock, and they wind up settling for a three-point field goal. In a tie game, 
Okay. It's not like we had a completely wide open look at it. It was slightly contested. We took it anyway. But that is not the shot that you take in a tie game with the clock winding down. It should not be a three-pointer. Even if you take it with, I don't know, 10, 11 seconds on the clock, which isn't the end of the world, I would still prefer it to be a two-point attempt, whether it's a mid-range shot or preferably driving to the basket. Preferably with Jesse Edwards, who has size, especially against this Wake Forest team that likes to go small as much as they do. Jesse Edwards should have been the one trying to post up or get it right underneath the basket, have a, an easy lay-in, which he's so perfect at. He's that, that is his bread and butter. But that's not what happens. Syracuse takes the three, misses the three. Wake Forest goes in transition, and they get the game winner with half a second to go. And credit to them. They were down by two points with 40 seconds, 35 seconds left in this game. They hit a ridiculous shot. They make an important stop. They go the length of the floor in seven seconds, find a great look at a three, and they nail it. That's just good basketball. It is. Obviously, as a Syracuse fan, (laughs) that ball caressing the net broke my heart because it's just it's, it's it's a heartbreaking way to lose we fought so hard we came back and still we get the short end of the stick at that point there's a half a second to go and here Syracuse has to settle for a half court heave that I don't know what kind of shot we took it didn't come close to even touching the rim, but I I think it was pretty obvious after that shot that Syracuse was done. What I didn't know is that shot would also end the career of one Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim, words cannot describe the effect that he has had on college basketball basketball in a sport of it of itself and in the whole sports world he has been a coach uh, since since before my parents were born I mean he's been with Syracuse first as a player undrafted which is very uh, not undrafted I'm thinking of the NBA uh, walk-on is what I meant to say walk-on player for Syracuse and he worked his way into a starting role he had a nice little playing career there before he came on to the coaching staff and eventually won the head coaching position. And he stayed in that position for the majority of his life. He wound up racking up so many milestones at Syracuse. He is the second most winningest coach in college basketball behind Coach K, and I think it's going to be a while if, if ever somebody catches either of their records it's going to be a while. I I still remember earlier when he got win number 1000 and what a sight it was. I I mean he he absolutely deserved that honor to get his thousands win. And he he did this all with Syracuse, which is very impressive. A lot of the coaches 
that last as long as Bayheim do will fluctuate between at least a couple of teams because it's very hard to maintain such a reputation to have a university put that much faith in you for five decades. I mean, it was the 60s, the 70s, <laughs> through Vietnam, through the Cold War, through the assassination of Osama bin Laden, through everything that's happened. Jim Beheim has stuck it out with Syracuse, and Syracuse stuck it out with him. Um, I wish Jim Beheim all of the best in retirement, and I think people yesterday said it best, how lucky we were to have Jim Beheim for as long as we had Jim Beheim coaching is amazing. And it's, it's not going to be the same watching Syracuse basketball games without him leading our guys on the sideline. He did uh, get replaced by our associate head coach, um, uh, Adrian Autry. And he also did have a brief playing career with Syracuse earlier in the early 90s. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. And wow. As of this time, the taping of this podcast, 6.15 Eastern PM, another coaching legend is out. This just happened. I literally just decided to take a look at my phone. Nick's legend, Patrick Ewing, is out as the men's basketball head coach at Georgetown after a six-year tenure there. So another great one bites the dust. I mean, so many of these coaching legends are just leaving us. And I, of course, this would happen while I'm taping a podcast just to showcase that. We saw Roy Williams leave North Carolina. Coach K, who I can't imagine anybody catching his total wins record. He, of course, left Duke last year. And what a final ride it was for him. I mean, he had a nice... At least he got to exit going into the tournament. I mean, tickets for the last home game at Duke were going bananas, thousands of dollars. Jim Beheim yesterday, and now today we have Patrick Ewing. Will he coach again for somebody else? I, I do not know. But not not going to be for Georgetown. Had a, uh, two rough, rough seasons in a row for Georgetown. And one other thing I will touch upon with Syracuse, I mean with Jim Beheim, is the whole th way that this was handled was not correct. Okay. The post-game interview yesterday of Jim Beheim, it's just not the kind of honor that somebody like Jim Beheim with the career he had deserves. He should go out on his own terms, calmly, with it feeling awkward, mutually between him and the university. Like I was saying, Syracuse stuck by him for all these decades, and he stuck by Syracuse. It should be a mutual thing to have him depart, and it should be a mutual announcement. The way that we found out about Jim Beheim's retirement is not ideal. But at the end of the day, do not take anything away from his coaching career. Do not take anything away from his time at Syracuse. Um, I, I will certainly miss him, miss watching him on TV, miss him as a coach of my team. And... Just a legend.
and forever will be a legend. Then, then the last thing I do want to touch upon in this rather short podcast is this the future state of Syracuse because we now have back-to-back seasons where, I mean, unless something ridiculous happens, we have a sub-100 net right now for Syracuse. Unless I, nothing could possibly happen to get them into the tournament this year. It's going to be back-to-back seasons now that Syracuse has not been to the March Madness NCAA tournament. And it's unfortunate that that didn't happen in Bayheim's last couple of years as coaching. But it's it's not what he built Syracuse up to be. This is a team that should be going to the NCAA tournament year in and year out. And I don't know if Autry is a permanent solution. I certainly don't think he's going to be with us for decades and decades. I mean, we'll see. But we definitely do have some young pieces uh, to look forward to. We have Judah Mintz, who I hope will be returning. We saw the emotion yesterday of him tearing apart his jersey as that three-pointer ended Syracuse's season. So he's someone that has desire and clearly cares about where he's at. And I said this in my last week's podcast, I don't feel that after one year of college, he is ready for the NBA. I think he needs to go back to college next year. I think he should return to the Orange and see out another year. I mean, he could lead us this time. This time, if he comes back, he will have experience with the Syracuse system. And... I think he could come back and lead us, get us back to the NCAA tournament. It's kind of a mutual relationship here. You scratch our back, we scratch yours. We get him some extra experience, build up that resume for the NBA draft so he could be an even higher pick, and he's going to benefit the team and all the fans of Syracuse by coming back because he is an important part. He almost was going to go down as the ACC Freshman of the Year. It's going to be Filipowski in the end. But he definitely made a case for himself, both in the ACC and nationally, as what he did as a freshman. And we do have some other great younger talents. Uh, We have Bell. We have Benny Williams, who showed us what he's all about yesterday. got his 18 points and 11 rebounds. We also have another freshman in Copeland. Not quite as big a name as Judah Mintz, but still showed his ability at the free throw line yesterday. Knocked down some huge free throws that cut the dent. And I think there are brighter days ahead for Syracuse. Last year, and particularly this year, were kind of reset years for Syracuse. You know, they lost some big guys in Bayheim's two sons, and... Of course, uh, we lost Olajai the other year. We lost O'Shea set several years back. And these are big-name people. Uh, who am I forgetting? Elijah Hughes, the contributions he made. It's kind of a reset year. We have to build from the ground up. And yeah, I think... I think we'll see brighter days in Syracuse basketball. I do hope that Autry and Syracuse continue to honor Beheim in coaching. I hope they use his zone. 2-3 zone that Beheim installed in Syracuse. It's going to go down in history, and I think we should continue to build off his work and keep that going. 
and Bayheim, you can finally enjoy retirement. He's been at it with the sport of basketball since he was a teenager, since he was even before a teenager. And now I hope he can finally relax. His son, Buddy Bayheim, uh, he's over there with the Pistons organization. I think he has actually seen a couple NBA minutes this year, so he could follow the career of his sons and just relax with Judy. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. I got to go and get ready to watch the Penn State game. Hopefully I can beat Illinois. And yeah, it's just, like I said, Patrick Ewing is out as well. So many legendary coaches we have seen exiting, and that's going to open the door for some new coaches to make history. All right, guys, thank you for listening. As always, I am WFAN the Kid. Have a great rest of your day.